Welcome to the If I Had More Time podcast at Mariner's Church. This podcast series invites you into a casual conversation with our senior pastor, Eric Geiger, and our teaching team to hear a few helpful insights and truths they wish they had time to include in the weekend message. Be sure that you have listened to this weekend's message prior to listening to the podcast so you get the most out of our current series. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the If I Had More Time podcast. We are in week two of our series studying the book of Daniel, How to Thrive in a Chaotic World. Today, I have our senior pastor with us, Eric Geiger, and a special guest. Her name is Katie Brown. Katie Brown. Everybody loves Katie Brown. You might not have seen her on any stages anywhere, but boy, does she keep the wheels turning here. She She makes so much happen. Yes. She is such an important part of our team. And why we have Katie on here today, of course, is because she is the mastermind behind the amazing resource, our series magazine. Katie, we're so happy you're oh, here. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, I got the text and I went, really? Yeah. What? <laughs> the writer on the communications team to come on the podcast? And I was like, of course. Sure, let's do this. Can, yeah. you, can you tell everybody a little bit about what you get to do here? How long you've yes. been here? Yeah. All, this, all the stuff. They want to yes. know which congregation you're involved in. Yeah. Tell us everything. Absolutely. Yeah. So I Favorite think, staff members? Yes. Oh, <laughs> starting with Liz Powers and then the ascending order. Um, so yeah, so I came on board in August 2020. So I was like a full pandemic hire. So my first interactions with Mariners were all through screen. Wow. Uh, we weren't even in the office yet. Um, I got hired only through video interview. And so it was really interesting to come on board on that time and even come into the offices and no one's there. Yeah. Um, and just kind of setting up and then just seeing what God has done since then is wild because it was a month later that we opened. Yeah. I started having services in person. And then we were off to the races and just seeing how much has happened through online, like getting to watch your online message. Like that's how I started with Mariners. That's how so many of even, um, we'll get into this, the volunteers that contributed to the magazine started with Mariners or even continue with Mariners. Um, And I currently attend Mariners Church Mission Viejo. Uh, I started going in about spring 2021, like after they had launched as a neighborhood location. And it's been so sweet to kind of be on the ground floor and just starting in um, the hotel that I called the Haunted Mansion <laughs> uh, with all these chandeliers on there and doing um, helping launch the youth ministry program with um, our incredible senior coach, Jeff Bates, who did as volunteer completely for like two years with no staff. It's amazing. Helping him. I mean, the, the team that made Mission Viejo happen at the launch, but, yes. but in working with the youth ministry, and I know you volunteer in the youth ministry there. Yes. It's just beautiful. I'm so thankful. Yeah, I was with them last night, and it's just so cool to see, like, now we're not even in the hotel. We're in the mall. Um, we were even with the kids moving couches into our youth space, oh, getting ready cool. for the launch um, coming up in November. Um, and it's just beautiful to see how God has blessed that congregation, all of our congregations. And then getting, like Liz said, getting to be on the communications team and help create these beautiful series magazines. They are beautiful. The I team, can't The team did it. just amazing. They, they, this is a stunning piece. I'm so thankful. Yes, and it's this book just, five. It's book five. A, a quick call out for you. I get to work with some contractors in my role that help us write some curriculum sometimes. And anytime I tell them about these and I show them, these are people outside of our organization. Some of them even outside of California don't aren't even that familiar with Mariners, maybe. They're like, wait, you guys do what? Right. Yeah. And they look at the PDF and I'll hold it up like on a Zoom call. So they, they're like, you guys just create that at your church? 
And they're, these people have worked with publishers right. that haven't put out resources like this. Like, it's amazing. It truly is. And I still remember book one, we had no idea what we were doing. Like, we had this incredible challenge put in front of us. And we're like, how do we build this thing? And it was clear from the get-go, we wanted it to be built by volunteers. Yes. Um, which is probably the scariest thing you can do with any content piece because you're relying on people to um, create pieces that you're proud to show your church. Yeah. Um, so from book one, which was in, believe it or not, summer of 21. Was that was that was first book Peter? One, Hope and Hopeless Times was our first book. Yeah. Um, and now to this one to see just the scale of how we've been able to grow our volunteer team. Because we started with people that were all brand new, but I actually have volunteers on my leadership team that have been with me since book five, that's, since book one. That's really cool. Um, which is now on book five. So they've really dug in yeah really invested in creating these pieces and the way we manage it is my leadership team are the people that i really talk to and communicate with and they manage everybody else and they manage the work the projects our contributors they reach out to the artists they connect with the writers and they're the ones that are shepherding them and caring for them as they do this really scary and vulnerable process of putting their work on display for thousands of people right across all our congregations and what's cool is this has actually become a way for people through our online community to really plug in. One of my senior coaches lives in Texas, huh. and he leads all of our writers um, from Texas and comes into town sometime to connect with us in person. He's wow. coming for our meeting next week. Um, and what's crazy about this one is we started in April. So these are not something that just no, yeah. I, And I think people would know that when they pick it up. Oh, yeah. This is not something that... They, they, they had this idea last week. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of prayer and int- intentionality that goes into this. I, I, we used um, Renetta's piece. It's, yeah. it's page one, I mean, page 47 in yes. the book. We use it in the message this week. I just love the art that she put together of the mm-hmm. statue that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his, his dream. Yeah. Yes. She's one of our volunteers at HB, I believe. Yeah, yeah right. Not yeah. Renata. Yeah, yeah Renata. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit of the story with that? Like, I remember yes. Eric saw that and was like, this is amazing. Yes, she did. A, so, this is a, this is such a, I mean, helpful piece to understand Nebuchadnezzar's dream. I mean, she's obviously very skilled. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she, she served our church by, by drawing this for us, you know? Yeah, it was, it was so cool. So, um, I had, Renata's a great example of how well our leaders lead, our volunteer leaders. Um, Because I called one of our coaches who oversaw the visual team and said, Kyle, um, can you call Renata and ask her, is she okay with us making these modifications to her art? Perfectly prepared for her to be like, don't mess with my painting. I get it. Um, Which is a real thing. And her text back that he um, screenshot and sent me was, whatever the church wants to do with my art, I couldn't want more. Like they can do whatever they want to my painting. I'm just so happy that it's being used to bless people. Yeah. And then at our celebration where we invite everybody who contributed to come and just talk about what God did, I met her for the first time and she shared, she's like, when I try to create on my own for like random purpose or just to paint, just to paint, I don't feel like the joy or like the peace of what I'm doing. But when I'm creating for God Mm -hmm. and when I'm inspired by God to paint, that's when I feel the joy. That's That's when I'm really excited to do what I'm doing. And that's why she created this statue for the book. And she also created another one that's at the back, but that's, that's a lion. Yeah. That's also a beautiful piece. 
Um, so it's just been amazing to see how God has led people through every step of leadership in these books. Some people who are leaders now came in just submitting a piece, and now they're leading other teams um, and inviting people from like Guatemala and Bakersfield and Texas to send in pieces and be a part of this thing that's going to be printed and handed out in so many places and then shared digitally even more. Right. Um, so it's just been an honor for me just to watch what God does. Yeah. And I always say that the title is kind of the theme of the process. <laughs> chaotic. So how to thrive in a chaotic world. Like we, we learned from the past four uh, seasons of trying to figure out what we were doing to learn how to thrive. Yeah. yeah how to make something incredible. Well, I want to say thanks to all the artists who participated, all the leaders who shepherded the artists. And it's a gift that I think we give our church that people can walk through the book of Daniel. We have, So they have, the, they have the, the passages in front of them. Yes. They're in a life group, and hopefully you are in a life group. You have the life group questions that life groups will use in the book. Mm-hmm. And then I, I do love that it's it's not the only place that artists are serving in our church, but it's it's an avenue where artists yeah. can serve in our church. I mean, the dream is with the early church days, the artists came from the church. Yeah. And yeah. we want artists to feel really valued mm-hmm. and cared for. And their gifts are, God gives gifts, art, artists and gifts, you know? Yes. And that artist that... Hey, they can use their 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 gifts in the, in the world and for the world for sure. But they can also use their gifts in the church too. You know, yes, that the church values them. So, thank you, Katie. Of course, thank you. Katie is going to stick around and join us for our conversation about this weekend's message. Uh, Be confident and humble was what we decided to title Daniel too. It's an amazing message. Yeah. It was so fun to to hear mostly those church signs yes. that I mentioned. So yes. we're really grateful you threw some of that in there for us. <laughs> I had about 30 or 40 church yeah. signs that I, that, that I have pictures of, but I try to choose the, the best five or six. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully nobody was too offended by some of those. Look, we uh, Come on, we threw ourselves on the yeah. bus, though. We did. We had, we, we had maybe the greatest blunder of all of them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but we love Chris Lee. I, that, I he things. is so godly and so holy. He didn't even know. He was like, oh, man. <laughs> I just thought it wasn't one of the emails we created. You yeah. Know, you, oh, yeah, your team. Calm didn't do that. that was, Calm didn't do that. Calm did not do that. High school did that. That is yeah. not why we had Katie on to the yeah. podcast. Yeah. This is not an intervention. Please humiliate her. Yeah. So how did that happen? Katie? Yeah. How did that happen through Calm? How did Calm get that? No. An- another humorous but really helpful thing that you pulled in was the compromising Carl, the better than you Betty, yes. angry Andy, yep. seesaw Sally. It's um you kind of did some summarized ways that we get to choose how we live in our mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. And um some of them are really convicting. You know, some of them I'm like, well, I've been them, I've been I've been <laughs> Betty and I've been Andy, you know, like yeah. at some point. So um what about those you paint such a beautiful picture talking about of course distinct Daniel um, and yet, it's really, really easy to go towards those other ways. Yes. Why? Why do we yeah. think it's easier to go there than than yeah. to living distinct? That's, that's a great question. And if there's a common thread between all of those people, would be it's because this passage is about the kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus being the king, the ultimate kingdom, the one that lasts. And so, it's either a misunderstanding of the kingdom of Jesus or a an embarrassment of the kingdom of Jesus, which is crazy. So compromising Carl, he's he's actually a bit embarrassed about the kingdom he's a part of. Yeah. He's embarrassed of 
the values that the kingdom that Jesus began, he's, he's embarrassed. There's some things he's, he is trying to tone down in the, the truth of the kingdom that he's a part of, which when you think, when you step back and think about it, if you, if you sat down with Carl and say, man, why, why are you embarrassed about this kingdom? Mm-hmm. It, it would not make a lot of sense because all of the other kingdoms are gone. This is the only kingdom that's going to last. This is the only kingdom that really satisfies. Of course, you don't want to be embarrassed of this kingdom. And then, you know, angry, angry Andy and better than you, Betty. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the names. Yeah, let's, let's remind you. Yeah, better than you, Betty. Angry Andy. Angry Andy. They, no they, offense to anyone named no, Andy no, no, listening no. to this no. podcast. I think Katie actually in the meeting suggested the name. So so email Katie if you yes. ask her with the names. She's just, so good with language. She, she put the, the alliterated the words. I just like Seesaw Sally so much. Yeah, Seesaw Sally is a good one. That was the one. <laughs> yeah. But Angry Andy and Better Than You Betty, their view of the kingdom would, would not be one where we are to be kind in Babylon and to care for people in Babylon and to see people's lives transformed. Um, they're, they're, they're against it or they're mad at it or they, they're, they're, they're trying to isolate from it. So it's, a, it's a really um, an inaccurate view of the kingdom of Jesus, which the kingdom of Jesus is an expanding kingdom. The influence of the kingdom we're a part of grows and expands. Yeah. And then um, Seesaw Sally, her view of the kingdom, the, the wrong view there is that this kingdom is, I can dichotomize my life. Yeah. I can go both ways. I can have like this kingdom does not I, need to influence everything about me. Yeah. I can be in the kingdom of God for a little bit of my life and the kingdom of the world for other parts of my life, as opposed to this kingdom is the stone that fills the whole earth. Yeah. Yep. And, and this kingdom is the stone that fills my life. Yeah. You know, what I love about what you did with each of these is that it's not just about the behavior of each of them. And especially when you look at Daniel, their behavior is linked to a belief about God. Yeah. Like Daniel had had understanding of who God truly was, which yes. is why he could live distinct. But with all of those other four, there's actually something off, not in the, just in their behavior, but actually in what what they think about God. That's right. I, I'm glad you pointed that out because we don't want to make this about here's how you behave. This is really about here's how you think and how you view the providence of God, that he's placed you where he's placed you. He's made you distinct. His kingdom lasts forever. So it's it really is a, it starts with with thinking the right thoughts, the, the big thoughts about the kingdom we're a part of. Yeah, I have so many um, people in my life who've be- been all of these yeah. characters. I think the one that resonated with me the most was compromising Carl, especially in my age group. Like I was in ministry for a long time, even before coming to Mariners. And I see people on social media that I served at camps with and churches with who have wrestled with thinking I need to take some of this stuff that the world says is true and also hold what Christianity says is true. And they're compromised. Trying to blend them all together. And trying to keep it all together. And in a sense, it's almost like that's like their method of deconstruction Mm -hmm. is deciding some of this must be true. And I need to learn how to live in this culture that is surrounding me. So I need to adapt some of this culture so that I can influence it. Hmm. Which is such a, a strange way of looking at it where they wouldn't say they're compromising. Right. Yeah, but that's truly what they're doing. Yeah. So that character really resonated with me. Yeah. And you can't, you cannot make a difference unless you're different. Yes. You know, you can't, you can't. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Eric, you already mentioned about how you use the statue illustration from our amazing volunteer. 
Um, you, you mentioned that how, again, such a helpful yeah. illustration. And you were sharing with us earlier that you would have spent a little more time on that. Yes. You could. What else would you have expanded on with the statue? So this summer, I started reading a lot about the Babylonian kingdom as I was preparing for Daniel. And then it led to reading a lot about the Roman kingdom, yeah. which I've always been, um, you know, really, yeah. really into the Roman kingdom. And then I found out I'm not the only one. I know. I love how we pointed it out a couple of weeks yes. ago. You're like, you were thinking about the Roman Empire before it was cool. I was. <laughs> I was reading books about the Roman Empire before it's it's been cool. The For those that don't know, the, there is a trend going on. I don't think everybody knows. Yes. <laughs> Especially on TikTok. There is a trend going around where it's something about the how, how do men think about the Roman Empire? Yes, and allegedly it's a lot. So yeah. yes, we, I've seen yeah. videos of, of wives asking their husbands impromptu, how, "Do you think about the Roman Empire?" And they're like, "Yeah, every day. How often? <laughs> Two or three times a day." <laughs> and, and wives are like, "What?" Which is wild. <laughs> like, and so evidently, people think about the Roman Empire more than more than people realize. <laughs> it's very helpful when you're studying the scripture. Yes, it is, because so much of the New Testament was written under the, the reign yeah. of the Roman Empire. Okay, so I'm preparing uh, for Daniel, so I'm studying a lot about Babylon. There really is some crossover from Babylon to Rome. We see it in the statue of Nebuchadnezzar's dream, because the kingdoms of this world fall. So Babylon falls to Persia, yep. Persia falls to the Greeks, then the Roman kingdom conquers everybody. So yeah. there's that. But also in the New Testament, you have Peter referring to um, the church in Babylon, and he's referring to Rome. So even New Testament writers were comparing living in Rome to living in Babylon. It's why Peter in 1 Peter 2.11 says, I urge you as aliens and strangers, or yeah. as exiles. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So he's calling back like, hey, we're exiles still. There were exiles in Babylon. We're now exiles in this world. Mm -hmm. They're under the Roman kingdom when he's writing that. And he says two things, which we're really seeing Daniel do this. Abstain from sinful desires that war against your soul and live such good lives among the pagans that they may see your good deeds and glorify your God on the day he visits us. So Peter's really saying the same thing to the Christians in that day under the Roman kingdom that he saw Daniel do in the Babylonian kingdom, which was, hey, live among people. Mm -hmm. He actually says live among the pagans. But live such a great godly life yep. that people will look at you and see that you're different and distinct. Yeah, distinct. Distinct yes, Daniel. Distinct That's Daniel. So Peter's asking them, hey, you're in exile still. We're in Roman exile. Uh, we're, un we're in this kingdom of Rome. And he's, he's pulling back to the, the same kind of imagery Yep. Uh, of Daniel. And th that's the same chapter. Sorry, I'm getting all no, no. all, all This fired. is why we do this. Yeah. This yes. <laughs> it's the same chapter where he then says that Jesus is the stone that mm -hmm. becomes our cornerstone. Yeah. So there's clear callbacks yes. to uh, to Babylon when Peter is writing yeah. uh, it under the, the rule of the, the Roman Empire. So if I had more time, I would have for sure hit the Roman Empire. It's also fascinating. And we'll talk about this a bit at Christmas time. When you see the dates of when Jesus was born into this world and you compare against the dates of what was happening in the Roman Empire, so Julius Caesar, he has an adopted nephew, yeah. an adopted son, but the, it is his ne nephew, uh, Octavius, who then becomes Caesar Augustus. Mm -hmm. So that's the Caesar when Jesus is born. So after Julius Caesar it dies, they deify him. 
So Caesar's called a god. So not not Augustus, not Octavius, who becomes Augustus, but the one before him, Julius Caesar, right? So after Caesar dies, there's all kind of fighting that happens in the Roman Empire. There's Mark Anthony, there's Cleopatra, there's um, Octavius, who becomes Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus is is the emperor when Jesus is born. Caesar Augustus on coins, and I'll show this around Christmas time, has inscribed son of God. That's wild. Son of God. Because Julius Caesar, his adopted father, was deified after his death. And so you have this Roman emperor calling himself son of God. He is um, Caesar, not Augustus, not, uh, yes, Caesar Augustus, the one after Julius Caesar, Caesar Augustus. He um, he becomes the 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 in his mid thirties the the ruler of the Roman Empire, and rules for just for a, a really long time. And that he's the one who ushers in what's known as Pax Romana, which is Roman peace. Yep. So he's also known as the king who brings in peace. No, so gosh. he's the son yeah. of God and the king who brings in peace. <laughs> Jesus yeah. in his his early 30s, is crucified on a Roman cross. If at that moment in history, you had looked at the life of Caesar Augustus and the life of Jesus, Mm -hmm. you would say Caesar Augustus led the kingdom that is the dominant kingdom, the one that lasts forever. Yeah. Jesus was crucified on a Roman cross. But now to where we are, we have seen the dream of Nebuchadnezzar come true. The Roman kingdom is no more. Come on now. The stone the crushed. Ki- the stone crushed. It's gone. And the kingdom that we're a part of rules and reigns forever. Jesus won us to himself by being humiliated publicly on a cross, yet rises on the third day. Yep. His kingdom lasts forever. I mean, so if I had more time, I would have compared the, the Roman kingdom being the, the kingdom in the dream that is just shattered by the stone that has become our cornerstone. Yeah. And even going back to what you were saying about what Paul and Peter were writing to churches about, saying like, hey, remember Babylon, we're under Rome, and to them, they probably thought there's no way the Roman Empire will fall. Exactly. But he's reminding them like, hey, remember Babylon was crushed. Yes. The Greeks were crushed. Yes. Rome is going to be crushed, and we can have that same confidence now. Going back to even the theme of the sermon of how we can have so much confidence in God's providence, because all the kingdoms of this world are still going to be crushed. Yes, um, I think that's. Yeah, I wish you had time in this story because that was. I want to go. <laughs> I want to go a little bit further because I can. I can geek out on this. Uh, on this Roman Empire stuff, just because yeah. Katie, you're so right. If you were living in that time, you would have thought, "There's no way this is is not going to last." Yeah. You look at maps of how expansive the Roman kingdom was, but they were ruling. They were ruling Egypt. I mean, they were ruling all over. Yeah, the Romans were. Um, there is a author who I've read a, a good bit in the last six months. Tom Holland is his name, not Spider-Man, not Spider-Man. Well, that would be pretty cool. That would be amazing if Tom not Holland was Marvel right. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Different. This is the historian Tom Holland. Yes. And he's, I don't believe he would call himself a Christian in the terms that we call someone a Christian, meaning yeah. he, he hasn't declared that Jesus is his savior mm-hmm. or that he's placed his faith and trust in Jesus. But in it, he says he really decided one day 
what happened that I think so much like a Christian? And so this is, he's a historian. He wrote, a, one of his books is Dominion, which is a super thick book about the history of the world. But his latest book is Pax Romana, which is about Roman, the, the period of Roman peace. Mm-hmm. He's written a lot about um, all of the different Caesars uh, during the, the, the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. So he, he says in this interview, who, I mean, this guy has studied the Babylonian kingdom and he studied the Roman kingdom. He is a historian. Hmm. He says, I, wo- I, I woke up one day and I realized that in many ways, I'm a Christian. Now, again, he's not Christian that he's bowed before Jesus, but he's saying I'm Christian in that I think, I don't think like a Babylonian and I don't think like a Roman. Yeah. And someone's asking him, what do you mean? He says, well, for, for example, I believe, in, I believe in consensual sex. Mm. Like in the Babylonian empire and in the Roman empire, um, consensual sex wasn't necessarily a value. If you... If you were uh, in the upper echelon and you had slaves, you could do whatever you wanted. There didn't need to be consent. And so Tom Holland, who's not, a, who's, says he's not a Christian, is like, why do I believe in consensual sex? Why do I believe in monogamous marriage? Wow. So monogamy wasn't a thing in in those cultures. I believe in mon- I believe in monogamous marriage. I believe in consensual sex. I believe that people should be cared for. I believe that the poor should not be oppressed. And he started looking, he's like, I actually think like a Christian because I studied the Roman Empire and this small sect of people changed the entire world. Yeah. This little kingdom of people who believe that Jesus is not only a man, but that Jesus conquered the grave, they changed the whole world. Yeah. And even though I've not yet bowed before Jesus as my savior, I think like a Christian because the Christian kingdom expanded and influences people who don't even realize they're yeah. being influenced. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so thankful you're talking about this because what I was picking up on was there might be a temptation when we keep hearing these calls to live distinctly that it falls on us. But what you just talked about, about how the church continues to expand that was also a promise from God. That's right. That the yep. church would always prevail against whatever adversity. Gates of Hades would not overcome. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I thought about whenever in your sermon you say he's the one who's placed you yes. where he has placed you. So it's like kind of it's kind of this tension of yep. perseverance of the saints yep. and also that he is preserving us. 100%. And then it's live distinctly, but no, you are set apart. That's right. You have already been made distinct That's right. by God. The only way we can persevere is because he's preserving us yes. because he's invited us into a kingdom that is not going to be shaken. Yes. Right. So what happens when like the, how, the, how the church has continued to grow has been, has told a story, has been the, the story of God to this man, Tom Holland, who's like, I want, that's what yeah. I, I want, you know, and it's the same when we live distinctly. Yeah. It, when we, yeah. When we leave that part. <laughs> well, one more thing on um, the history of this and as it relates to Babylon and Rome, Glenn Shiver wrote a book called The Air We Breathe. And Shiver is a, is a Christian. Tom, Tom Holland actually wrote a foreword for the, for the oh, book. That's cool. And in The Air We Breathe, the author is essentially saying, okay, we don't realize in the Western world that the air we breathe has been heavily influenced by the kingdom of God. And then each chapter is ways that the kingdom of God, which we're a part of this stone that's filling the whole earth, 
it it has influenced our view of sex. It has influenced our view of caring for the poor. Mm -hmm. It has. No, we're not perfect. We're not perfect as a culture or society. No way. But we're not Babylon. We're not Rome. How did that happen? And these historians are saying it happened because the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Wow. Because the kingdom that Jesus started is still advancing. Well. Now that we've had church, we'll receive a benediction. Yeah. Go into worship. Like, that, this, this makes me want to preach an hour and a half message this week. Because I, 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 that's so much, there's so much content I cut, you know, yeah. to get in, to, to get this message done. Yeah. Um, it's just beautiful that the kingdom we're part of is is not going to be like Rome and Babylon yes. and Persia. It's not going away. Hmm. But it's an upside down kingdom. It's not a kingdom of power. It's not, it's a kingdom of servanthood. It's not a kingdom of flash. It's a kingdom of humility. It's not a kingdom of anger. It's a kingdom of, oh, it's not a kingdom of unrighteous anger. It's a kingdom of righteous anger and love and compassion. It's a different kingdom. Yeah. And we even see that in what I love so much from the sermon that really caught me was when God does answer Daniel's prayer and gives him that vision, his first response isn't to run to the king with what he has. Yeah. His first response is to worship Amen. and to give praise to the real king. That's right. And I found that convenience, like, is that how I act? Like, because really, even when we're talking with our volunteers, like everything we have is a gift from Amen. God. It's not from me. It's not something I made. It's not something I found. It's not something I brought up in myself. It's all of God. So even the gifts that we have as artists and creators and the gifts we have as youth workers in our different congregations, it's all from God. Amen. So our first response, like Daniel, should be not to rush to, you know, receive credit or accolades from this world for what we have, but to give praise to God, to give honor to God, because he's the only one we'll ask. And the only one who's worthy. Amen. It's so, so cool. So I, I love that part of the sermon so much. Katie, you're all, you know, you do a ton of stuff behind the scenes, but you crush this podcast, Slay. Oh, thank Come you. On. Would you like to be on here every week? <laughs> oh, man. Petition. No, I would take it up with my department head. <laughs> but it was such an honor to be with you guys today. And I love finally getting to see behind the scenes after watching online myself for so long. Yeah. Uh, getting to see kind of how it happens. Katie, Eric, thank you so much you. for encouraging us today. It was amazing. And thank you guys for listening to the If I Had More Time podcast. Thanks for joining us today on the If I Had More Time podcast hosted by Mariner's Church. We hope to see you next weekend at any of our congregations across Southern California or online. To view our service times at each congregation, be sure to check out our website at marinerschurch.org.